Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast. We discuss gaming and related topics. Virtual Rebels release every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host Amanda. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. So, tell us how are things. For as a North man, I've been spending so much time in Scotland. I'm gonna start uh, eating haggis for breakfast and talking in a deep brogue. <laughs> and it's like I I know you were speaking English, but none of that made sense. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was all English. <laughs> it was all English. That's the amazing part of it. Didn't understand any of it. Well, good. Well, uh, we have been on hiatus a little bit, at least Amanda and I as a team. Uh, last week, Daniel and I were able to record. But uh, in the meantime, I know you, uh, and I mentioned this when we had to re-record, because as, as uh, if you're following and tracking, listen to last week, we did mention we had some technical difficulties. So um, we did record an episode. We will re-record that one and get that topic out to you uh, in the future. But while we were gone, we kind of you know, recapped on some of the games we've been playing. So uh, if you have been playing games, Amanda, well, just tell us what you've been playing now. If you want to go back and talk about what you did, what you did then, if you haven't had a chance, well, you know, uh, now's your chance. Yay. Recap. No, uh, as I don't have access to my console, so I've been playing quite a few mobile games. Um, so... Briefly, I've been playing the classic Words with Friends 2, which everybody loves a bit of Scrabble. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Sort of annoying that every time you play a move, you see an advert. Don't super love that. Wish they would knock that off or limit it a bit more. But been playing it quite regularly. It's all right. Um, They have like a lightning mode where you can play as a team. Versus another team and uh, try to score the highest value word points like as fast as possible. I think that's quite fun. Um, it makes for much faster gameplay because otherwise you're just waiting for your friends to make moves and things. Uh, but overall, it's a good game. A little freebie. So uh, if you've forgotten about old words with friends, I'd go back out there. I also downloaded Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game. Don't recommend that. It's It's got... <laughs> It's got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of ads. And um, when you play it for a consistent amount of time, you start to notice that a good number of the questions repeat, which isn't really fair or accurate. You know, I feel like the TV show would have done a good job of making sure that didn't happen. So, you know, there's so many questions in this world that you could ask the idea that they repeat especially when they're bombarding you with ads and trying to sell you space bucks is just ridiculous. So that's a cued for the uninstall bin as soon as I get around to it. 
<laughs> um, and then the last game that I've been playing, which I think is quite fun, is a game called Homescapes. Um, it is an RPG spin on Candy Crush, which is one of the most popular games on the planet. Because um, I think everybody forgets that there are loads of women out there playing it on their mobile phones and dominating the market space. So, you know, Candy Crush is still a big deal. Lots of people play it. And uh, it's very, very profitable for, uh, I think, King Gaming, which is the company that makes it. But anywho, um, Homescapes is like a derivative of that. It combines the storyline of being a trained butler who goes to visit his parents, finds their mansion run down and decrepit, and by being awesome at Candy Crush-style matching games, um, unlocking the moves and the ability to uh, refurb their house. And through the RPG side of the game, you can make choices about what the design of the house and its furnishing looks like, which is satisfying. Um, and the game is created in such a way that if you are clever about when you play the RPG side and like wait to hit specific milestones and wait to use up all your lives before you start a new day because that's when they refresh, um, you can actually chain hours of gameplay through challenges and being part of a group and requesting lives from them and stuff. So it's very, very low on the advertisement. They're pretty much focused on in-game purchases. That's what they want you to do. But if you're quite strategic, you don't really need to purchase anything. So I think for this style of game, it is one of the better entrances into the marketplace, in my opinion. Nice. Okay. Well, and for those of you keeping score at home in America, that word was advertisement. Um, so Did I say advertisement? Yes, you did. <laughs> oh my god yeah yikes <laughs> i'm just trans i'm just translating that's all i'm uh, just that's that's what i'm here for um, <laughs> i love it hey if you saw that comment that we got basically uh that is there are people that come to listen to your accent so and you're and you're <laughs> you're in different vernacular so my, my slight yeah. hybrid english <laughs> exactly you, you slip in and out on occasion, so I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, wait, you you typed that you were gonna you know faff with it later, and that makes me laugh. That word makes me laugh. I want to. Well, I want to worry. I'm gonna get some aluminium up in here in a That's minute. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! English is fun. So. I, uh, the games I've been playing, uh, to go back to what we were talking about, I, there was a game that I had played that we talked about on that episode that, that died. Um, and it was lost Days Gone. Episode. Yeah. The lost episode. Uh, not the first one for sure. And probably not the last one. Uh, I talked about Days Gone. I finally got a chance to get my hands on that. I, I did enjoy it. it. It was fun, but it was a little bit repetitive. It was huge, a huge game. Um, and I'm not going to revisit it. Uh, it's a game that I'm I'm happy to watch other people play, but it's 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 a game that I'm uh, I think I've passed my desire to really want to get into it. It's it is a Red Dead Redemption on a motorcycle. Your your motorcycle is your horse, and so uh, all the all the upkeep and the brushing and the feeding and all of the things you have to do to keep your horse happy. Same thing. You, I mean, you don't have to feed your 
motorcycle, but you can't constantly have to find parts and upgrade it and find gas for it and stuff like that. And it is your one mode of transportation. And it's kind of like, it's a part of you almost literally. So almost literally. So, you know, that's, that's, that's an interesting mechanic, but uh, I enjoyed what I played, but it's, it's a game that I'm, that I'm not going to go back to. The story's fine. The story's good. Uh, like I said, it's, I, it's just, uh, I don't have time for it. However, I did download or, or purchase because they had a flash sale a week ago. And I downloaded and purchased a game that would take, will take way more hours to finish. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what I was thinking when I did it, but I was like, man, that's a good game. And it's a cheap, it's cheap right now. I think it was 15 bucks or 18 bucks on Sony uh, or on the, on the, their market marketplace and that's persona five it's a game that came out last year one that i kind of wanted to play and um but i've never played any of the other personas and uh really have no idea anything about it other than i kind of like the style of it i know it's japanese rpg uh as well and and um has a very specific or distinct story that is specific to this uh series of games and so uh, you know i played it for a little bit the other night I like the music in the game, um, and uh, I, I already knew that because I had heard some of the music, and uh, the, the premise is interesting. So, uh, which, for anyone that's ever played Japanese RPGs, knows that the premise is convoluted and confusing and nonsensical to, to a large degree. So, um, but I, that, I'm still interested in that. Uh, so I, I played that a little bit. Um, and, uh, and then, as of today, so when you hear this recording... It will have already been out for a few days, uh, but as of today, Rise of Ashara uh, patch eight point two for World of Warcraft came out, and uh, I knew you were going to mention it. I had to. I have to. You know, it's uh, it's kind of news as well. But yeah, so that arrived, and I'll talk more about it in news. But I had to get into it. I had to dive in and and play a, at least a little bit. Uh, the patch just went live a, about an hour ago here. Uh, in- That's why you were late. <laughs> I see well, that, I, I was trying to shuffle kids out of the house, and my daughter's uh, baking macaroons, which is a very involved process. Uh, and the littlest one, I had to put to sleep. So it's kind of like I'm spinning plates with all four limbs. <laughs> I uh, mean, do you actually? Is that the terminology you want to use? Because it sounds like you took them to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the kids out of the house. Oh, that's true. No, no, no. I had to give her a bottle and make sure she went to sleep. I didn't put her. To sleep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, terminology. Yeah. Do not read into it. She will be fine when she awakes. I promise you. Um, but yeah, so she's she's asleep. Oldest is baking. Uh, the middle, my son is uh, he is swimming, and so um, now I have my office to to actually do the podcast. But anyway, all that to say is. I did all those things. Then I jumped into Warcraft for a little bit just so I could see uh, Najatar and, and get an idea kind of like what the feel of, of the world is going to be and some of the first quests. I didn't really get to get into it much, but I'll talk more about kind of what is what some of the changes are, at least in a, in a broad sense, in the next uh, in, in the next segment. But yeah, so that's uh, that's what I've been playing. So I have I have a. Uh, I have actually been playing some games, which is fun. I'm I'm glad that I got to, because uh, that's not always how it is. Well, that brings us to what's that? 
No, I disagree. Thing that you know, we're all adults now. We play when we can, when we can. Well, that's a fact. There's no doubt about it, and and uh, not not usually as much as I'd like, but it is what it is, you know. Um, so that brings us to our second segment, uh, news, and and uh, we have, well, I have one bit of news, really one major bit of news, um, because we talked a little bit about E3 last time, and I think it it bears repeating. Uh, and by last time, I mean the lost episode, as well as with Daniel. We talked a little bit about it. Um, uh, for anyone that's been listening to the show or that knows much about Daniel or, or, or has uh, you know just been following this, I think everybody kind of knows where, where at least I stand. I think all of us really stand on, on the streaming, on um, digital property, regardless of, of the convenience, you know, that there is a downside to all of this. And then last week, Daniel talked a little bit about ownership, and uh, I thought it was interesting. This week, uh, Jim Sterling came out with a video that was that was almost exclusively on this topic of ownership. Um, Matt Pat put out a video for Game Theory, put out a vid- video on how YouTube is killing gaming, and I think all of these these factors we'll, we'll kind of talk about today. Um, but. Just interesting to see, uh, you know, how the how the landscape is changing. E three for being kind of underwhelming in terms of maybe some of the games that are releasing. Really did have some, uh, I think, some major news that will, or, or or some news that will majorly impact gaming, uh, the future of gaming. So, uh, so anyway, we talked a little bit about that, but my my happy news really is that eight point two did arrive today. Um, this is a patch for World of Warcraft that, I mean, it, I would say the majority of people who play it and enjoy it probably haven't really been following it this much. But if anybody who follows and really, really is is into deep into World of Warcraft, this particular expansion has had a lot of has caught a lot of flack. And uh, there there's some systems, some mechanics in this particular uh this this particular expansion that have not been really well received, like the the heart of Azeroth mechanic, which is your neck piece, um, has a number of different talents that you that you can select on them. Uh, you also have Azerite armor, and uh, which is armor that has its own uh, selectable or it, its own attributes on it that you can unlock as you level up your your neck piece. It just wasn't well received. Personally, I don't really care. I just enjoy it the game and and i'm not an end game raider necessarily so uh i get my my level or my my equipment level up or item level up uh high enough so that i can do looking for raid stuff just because i don't have time to you know sit around on friday saturday sunday nights or afternoons and raid for a few hours right now you know so i do a looking for raid when i can that mechanic is huge for me because it allows me to see in-game content um Whereas I wouldn't be able to otherwise. Uh, but, you know, in, in, in terms of this expansion, I've enjoyed it from a story perspective, but it has caught a lot of, a, a lot of hell for some of the things that it's done. Well, 8.2 is supposed to fix a lot of those things. It's supposed to fix this Azerite, uh, this Azerite armor and, and your Heart of Azeroth issues that people were really upset about, uh, instilling a new system, uh, talent system. Um, it's also, uh, you know, all of your, everything else that's re- released with a big patch, like new mounts, new pets, there's two new zones, there's new 
island expeditions, which I know all of this means nothing to you, Amanda. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's but it's it's exciting news for people who are we're looking forward to this patch because I think this patch. Uh, many people are saying or going as far to say that this patch could save the expansion. So uh, highly anticipated and looking forward to kind of diving into it uh, when we get done recording, actually. What about you? What news you got? Well, I have news that I thought you were going to say. So I was prepared to be like, I don't have any news. You stole mine. <laughs> but um, Kotaku UK released... 30 minutes of unedited uh, alpha gameplay footage for the new Star Wars game, which when it was initially, yeah, when it was initially shown at E3, people were like, looks like crap, like really linear, blah, blah, blah. But now that they've released this footage, it, people are saying that they're seeing more of the Metroid and Dark Souls inspiration that it came from now before we got online to record this video i was only able to watch about 10 minutes of it but um from what i saw so far it seemed quite cinematic and like the graphics quality seemed better than what i had seen from the clips of e3 this was like the private press unveiling and i guess kotako made the decision to release this footage and they like put a little note saying that you know we really thought about whether or not we should release it but because people were kind of slagging off the game that we wanted people to have a better idea of, of what they were in for yeah so i i would encourage anybody who's a fan of like i don't i don't want to spoil anything for anybody who doesn't want to go and look at it but there is 30 minutes of early game footage. It's alpha. It looks much better. People are, are seeming to really enjoy the direction that it's going. So I would say for those of you that are concerned, it's not going to be a good game. It looks like um, that that may not be the case. Interesting. Okay. Well, that is good news. I'd like to, I will do a little bit of research on my own um, because obviously Star Wars is my thing. Oh, another thing I thought you had mentioned. See, I'm really surprised by you. You're obsessed with World of Warcraft, and you missed the leak based on job postings that the new PlayStation 5 is going to have a God of War 2. Really? I did not yeah. see this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, someone released a job posting that said that um, they're looking for developers or whatever, and they need to have an in-depth understanding of the God of War release 2018. Why would they just not go back with... It's <clears throat> weird. Well, yeah. I'm not going to question it. It was a great That's, game. Those are, those are the rumors. So, the, those, are, those are the rumors for the PlayStation 5 platform, is that it's going to have God of War exclusive. Interesting. Well, I do have one more piece of news that, that uh, I thought we both might have something to say about, and that is uh, EA and the whole surprise mechanics. Oh, man. I was hoping we weren't going to have to talk about the Kinder Egg. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, doesn't everyone love surprise mechanics? Um, so 
I just thought, you know, we don't have to go into it much. I, I thought I'd mention it at the very least uh, that, you know, EA went before, and I'm assuming this is Parliament, and this is this is the English government or the British government, uh, that they went before them to more or less argue in favor for loot box mechanics in their games. Uh, they tried to revise history by saying how uh, they've never called them loot boxes, and so they're trying to set the record straight, basically just rebranding all of what makes loot boxes loot boxes uh, by calling them something else and equating effective gambling mechanics to the Kinder Egg or to a number of other toys, which, and, and Jim Sterling makes a good point on this, that if you want to go down this path, which I think that... Uh, it's kind of like saying, you know, your brother gets accused of lying, and then your brother's like, well, well, my friend was doing it. Well, that You're just admitting that you're lying, but you're also admitting that your friend was lying. So now you're taking them both down. And that's essentially, that's kind of what the, you know, the, the EA representative was doing, was basically saying, well, this, this toy group does a very similar thing by you purchasing a bag, not knowing what's going to be in it, and then you get it, and you get, like, the fifth copy of the same thing that you already have. Not completely unlike it, to be, in my in my opinion. It's not completely unlike it, and so that's also why I would not allow my kids to buy stuff like that. You know, I don't... It's, it's a... At least not in, in... You know, you want one or two, that's great. We're not going to collect them, because baseball cards do this to a certain extent. Um, you know, there are a lot of mechanics like this, but I think the issue is is that um, they're bringing to light maybe the issue or the the, the psychological component to this, the, the addictive component to it, and I think it, it may end up doing more harm and damage than good as it muddies the water between all of these things, and, and ev all of these toys and all these mechanics start getting a, a closer look. So, yeah, surprise mechanics. What What is that? What is that? Yeah. So I I agree. Obviously, uh, in in April last year, Belgium was the first country to make that a illegal mechanic. So you know it's not permitted in games in at least one country in the European Union. And obviously, she was the the uh, Carrie Hopkins, the vice president of EA Games, was the person who was speaking in front of MPs this week and they went there to talk about video game addiction and then tried to rationalize an addictive mechanic which i just find like really shocking right and with any of collectible mechanic style things that exist in the retail environment like hatchimals or sh uh, shopkins or right trading cards usually they are required or they do publish a rarity guide. Right. Like a, and the reason. Like, yeah. 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 And the reason for that is to give people an idea of what the chances of getting what they want are. And at the moment, you know, you've got with the case of battlefront whole characters locked behind a loot box wall with no published rarity guide that I can ever find. You yeah, know, like, like what is their, your your drop rate or whatever, like they yeah, do in, in you know, like, Yeah, exactly. So I think that's probably part of the problem is that there's no drop rate. 
Also, unlike MMOs and other things where there are a drop rate, this is a pay for the chance experience. It's not like doing a raid where you can repeat it, you know, once a day or whatever right. for the maximum. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, whatever the, you know, whatever the limits are, some are more strict than others, but it's not like a raid where you can repeat it. This is something where you can, for money, button until your finger goes bleed and like <laughs> cause yourself some serious damage. Like they haven't put the same responsible controls around it that the MMO side of gaming did a long time ago and that the retail world did in like what the 80s. I remember there being like rarity cards for like, I don't know, Bionicle and like all of that other kind of stuff. Like I swear seeing that um, before. So I know that third party like bloggers and stuff and and video game pundits will say you know this is what based on our calculations the rarity of this but they shouldn't have to do that like it should absolutely be published you know there should be a limit on how many that you can purchase they should make way 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 more available through free drops especially if they're going to lock main characters behind and i think it's disgusting to try to call it a kinder egg when you've gone there to talk about video game addiction i think that's disgusting it is. It is. It's. It's loathsome, and 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 I. You could see, and you even heard it in in the uh, I, the politicians' response as they they tried to, you know, like I said, revise history and and change the uh, the narrative really about it. You heard it as he guffaws or or laughs, and you know, just like that. It's just so disingenuous, and and <laughs> to hear it, uh, you know, it, it's like it, it's it can burn you, and it, it's pushed me away from so many games at this point because you know, and that's why it's got such a negative connotation. Why game companies are coming out right off the bat to let people know there are no pay-to-win mechanics, there aren't any loot boxes, and the cheers that they get from that when that should be expected. But as we're probably going to talk about in our in our actual topic, that's not the direction that game companies are wanting to go. Uh, they are wanting to provide these as services. Every one of these, they're trying to get as many games to become services, and and for us to buy licenses to play these services or to 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 use their services, um, so that they can continually get it, it. The first time again, I'm going on a rant, just a very short one. First time I ever noticed this was when you used to be able to buy Microsoft Office, and I, I, you know, that however many years ago, seven, eight years ago, I think the last one that I had purchased before my most recent computer was like uh, Office 2010 or something like that. And so I have the license; I can put it on multiple computers. Um, but I didn't have to always be connected to the internet. I didn't have to be connected to the internet at all. I could still use my program. However, for me to now get a lot of these programs like um, QuickBooks for you know for whatever taxes that I want if I want to do my own taxes or or my you know, uh, organize my finances I have to buy a license for QuickBooks and download it from a particular website and it will constantly be updated and then if I want to keep it that way I have to pay either monthly or yearly and it will continue to do that you know um, which inherently is not necessarily a bad thing however i do not own 
that necessarily. I, if I were to buy uh, Office 365, I don't own Office anymore. I just pay to be able to use it until I no longer pay, and then I can't use it anymore. And it's just inherently where, you know, therein lies the problem, is that I bought I bought something to be able to use. I've made all this, all of these, uh, you know, the, I've been productive with their, with their, uh, with these licenses and, and with their product, but I can't, now that I no longer pay, I can't, I can't actually use all these things that I made because I don't have the license. I can't even open these programs or these files anymore because I'm not paying for it, even though I spent all that time. And I don't know. It's just it's getting into a gray area. So, um, and, I, and some of it's not even gray. Some of it's actually very black and white. <laughs> anyway, that was, uh, that was, we only talked for 10 minutes on loot boxes today. So, uh, you know, which is down from what we typically do. <laughs> but that brings us, uh, that brings us to our, our main topic today, which I, I wasn't sure how to really uh, name this particular, uh, this episode based on uh, the, you know, the article that you sent and what we're going to talk about. But I, I called it data thievery. So, um, maybe just because I'm looking at this from a negative perspective. But, oh, uh, wow. <laughs> We're going to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you came across talking about it positively, and I, and I think I'm going to see your point and raise you some negative counterpoints anyway, um, which is good. Should I? I, think... <laughs> I, I, I was saying. Think... <laughs> no, I was just saying, should I? Frame the context first before Absolutely. we Absolutely. both launch into our opposite sides of the debate. <laughs> well, I, I don't even, I'm coming at it as uh, grandma who just heard about it and wants to uh, just be a naysayer. Um, I'm just, I'm going to listen and, and be convinced uh, by you. I want to be, I want to see the good in this and, and how this can be used for good. Because I am generally a positive person. So, this topic is inspired by an article from Wired.co.uk that is talking about Google Stadia kicking off a new day, age of gaming data harvesting. So, it talks about what the future gaming data usage that a streaming play platform will offer Google's and Microsoft's of the world. and. It's beyond the basic stuff. So obviously, every service that we're all signing up for, we give credit card details, we give our address, our location, um, we, they get access to kind of our friends list, um, the games that we're interested in, and the sort of things that we talk about when we're corresponding in text via their platform. Now, what they are postulating in the future is that with an always-on connected streaming service and Google's huge data centers and their sort of intersection with every other part of our lives, that it will be beyond what we're experiencing right now bridging the gap between our gaming lives and our personal lives in a way that we've never really done before. So aside from the people who perhaps have the Xbox app 
on their phone, most people leave the console in the home. Now, that also means that they don't know where you are on a day-to-day basis. They can't link anything between what you're doing in your nine to five and what you're doing after hours, but that's all about to change. So a couple things that Wired threw out there that got me thinking that this would be a fun topic to discuss is that um, there was a recent study on called Human Learning in Atari done by Harvard's Department of Psychology that observed Atari players um, with the purpose of understanding the differences between AI learning and human learning. And they said that, and it's a quote, games are an excellent test bed for studying intelligent behavior. So interesting. If you, so if you imagine that this device and the devices of the future, like this is not just Google, everybody's gonna go to this point at some point um, because it's incredibly valuable for many applications. Um, what can that teach the machines of the future on how to be more human? Now, that's how I'm approaching it. Now, obviously, there are some privacy concerns, and I feel like that's where Stacy's going to come from, which is cool. Um, and then I think we'll probably leave it to the viewers to kind of make their decision sort of where they fall on the spectrum. So maybe if I start off with the the sort of general things that they're talking about, which is um, test and learn on consumers. So creating micro games that are basically psychological experiments in disguise, Um, executing AI training activity like we already see with CAPTCHA and things like that, which are basically machine learning interfaces. The reason why they say, please identify which one of these photos is a stop sign. You're actually teaching an algorithm which one of those photos is a stop sign. Yeah, it's checking your work. You're checking its work. That's what those things are for. So just an FYI. Mm -hmm. Then um, interpersonal relations. So tracking how long people stay on your friends list, the cycle of engagement with those friends, frequency, content of messages, listening, Alexa learning, those sort of things. Um, and I'm using Alexa learning kind of generally as a term for um, voice assistant AI, but you know, she's one I've got, so I'm gonna <laughs> use that. Right. Um, and then lastly, your uh, impulse behavior. So tracking your engagement with marketing messages and advertising messages outside the home with purchase behavior on the console, with integrated um, advertising on the console, with your engagement of streaming services that are other media, like say your Sky TV subscription, your cable subscription that streams through your console, all of those things coming together in one net. So those are the bits. And maybe we start with the negative first and then with the positive. So you tell me what's horrifying about it. <laughs> well, okay. So my, I guess my... Being just being initially skeptical of anything where you are um, trying to predict my behavior by, I mean, it reminds me if you watched uh, Ralph Rex the Internet and he and he goes up. If you haven't seen it, this is not a spoiler. I think this is actually in the preview. He goes up to what is essentially like the uh, Google um, auto predict search, auto predict. 
and it's a it's a little blue guy, and I can't remember who voices him, but he's a well known act, actor. And uh, anyway, so every like the first two syllables or the first syllable that comes out of his mouth, the guy, the the prediction guy is is trying to guess what he's going to say with everything. It's super annoying. But the point is, is that that is kind of how it works. As as you're typing it in, it's automatically trying to predict whatever based on whatever is the most popular searches from the first two letters you put or three letters, four letters as you added it. It alters what you know what the what the potential search um, terms might be. So I see uh, I see benefits. And I see benefits in that. What I don't like is where my and and I think it's I don't like it when information that I'm sometimes I feel like I've just spoken becomes an advertisement in whatever it is that I'm doing, you know, and, and it's like I, maybe I'm just searching or I've gone to a, a social media site and I had just looked for, you know, um, a specific type of stuffed animal or marker for my daughter. Well, it is an adver- it is absolutely an ad- going to be an advertisement on my social media somewhere. Um, not indicative necessarily of my behavior, but just indicative of the fact that I've got four or five people that use the same computer, and lots of searches are going on. I mean, I, I was I was uh, getting advertisements on YouTube for for blinds and drapes for weeks because that's you know my wife doing interior design. She was searching for blinds and drapes. Well, I kept getting blinds and drapes uh, as advertisements. So I, I get. I, I can see how it could be a benefit. I just think that I maybe I've watched too many movies that as you that scientists you know can invent or or you know the the mathematicians create these algorithms to predict behavior because they want to use it to help benefit society to make machines smarter so that they can help us inherently, unfortunately. In every movie I've ever watched, and book that I've read, and in many experiences in life in general, such as the atomic bomb, things get created for a noble, potentially, uh, you know, to advance science in general for those purposes, get used for the absolute worst purposes, ultimately. So you're going full Ender's Game with this. That's what you're saying. I'm saying full, full Ender's Game, absolutely. Game. So, what would make you more comfortable about the streaming future? Is it more like privacy controls? Is it being able to opt out of things? Is it? I think. Like, both what would the, you? Yes, I think right, being able or more privacy, uh, the ability to opt out. I don't imagine you can opt out entirely, but there are certain things that you probably have to put in to validate yourself. Um, and so that's stuff I'm fine with. I'm fine with a very base level of that. Um, what I, what I don't like, I like to be able to make my own choices with prompts with like at least a limited amount of prompts based on maybe what I already have in my library. Um, I, I can see, you know, based on you watching this or playing this or owning this, you might like these things. And I think that's good because that's how kind of Pandora works. It has that whole music genome where you you like a number of songs that have a particular sound and cadence and lyrics and then it suggests or starts playing other music similar to that in your on your playlist you know 
I think that's awesome. I think that's great. I got exposed to a lot of really good music that I hadn't heard or would not have been exposed to otherwise, you know. Um, and and I did the same thing is for games. You know, I've I've been exposed to indie games that I would not have been exposed to otherwise because uh, if you like this, then another game was suggested for me. I just don't I just don't like it where um I I think it's just we don't know enough about the technology for us to just say, yeah, I'd kind of like for a, a machine who I can download my, you know, my Twitter history, my Instagram history, my search history, and, and my, basically my daily day-to-day activity that can be tracked via technology to be lumped together into one massive algorithm to predict how I would be on a daily basis. And from there, then they can predict everything that I might want from clothing to shoes to, you know, and, and, and there's there. I think we start to lose a bit of our autonomy. I think I think that suggestions great. I think that using these tools, but having the tools kind of take and hold the reins. That is what I'm afraid of. And that's what I don't like. I don't like thinking about that particular aspect of it, of them, them having the reins and just kind of doing it for us. I think there's an episode of Black Mirror already. I'm sure there is, but I know that there's kind of one. Uh, I know that there's one that kind of talks about this, and I think it's White Christmas is the is the episode where uh, they where they can basically they can implant something into your brain for a week, and it tracks your decisions and and your schedule and when you get up and what what you do and your preferences. They take it out and they put it into this. Um, into this device and essentially it's kind of like having an alexa that controls everything in your house from your oven to your toaster to your clocks to your alarm clock to your uh, alarm system uh it can bake things for you it can it can order your groceries for you because it knows kind of what you like and what you're what you have and what you're out of um it knows when you want to hear something because if you're in a bad mood you want to hear this kind of music but you weren't really thinking about it because it's you thinking about it. It's your art. It's artificial intelligence created from your from an algorithm based on your decisions, which seems cool. Seems cool. You've just sold it to me. I like, shut up it. and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, shut up and take my money. Like, can it file my taxes as well? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, say, hey, say, hey, Stacy. I know that. Hey, we kind of need to do this. I've got it all set up for you. Want me to go ahead and send it in? Yes, yes, I do. Algorithm person, algorithm mm-hmm. me. Go do it. Well, for all of you people that sat through that horrendous doom and gloom. <laughs> Oh my God. No, I actually, I have quite a different perspective because yes, everything will get used for evil at one point as well, but there is a particularly powerful beneficial impact from being able to see people in a gaming environment very clearly. And that is for the progression of AI in the UK in, I think by 2030 PWC was saying that the population of aged adults will outnumber the population of people under the age of 25. And that's quite a stark reality to come to terms with, to try to think about care and aging and later life and things like that. The fact of the matter is that the birth rate is slowing dramatically. I don't have any children. You have 
three children. So you've, you've had one for me, but <laughs> that, that only replaces me, you know what I mean? Right, like right, right. in order to increase the population, then every pair needs to have three. And that's just, that's right. not happening. In fact, a lot of people are having one or none. So yeah. at least in the developing world in, in the developed world, I'm not really talking about emerging markets or anything like that. It's a different story. But for, you know, for England specifically, I think that getting AIs to interact with a, a wide swath of the population, and I think the gaming population is, is bigger than any of us really want to admit and covers, you know, a way, way bigger range of people than just eight-year-olds playing Fortnite. You know, there are people that have been playing games like you and I since pretty much the dawn of gaming there are people right. older than us playing games since the actual dawn of gaming you know we're yeah. like you know we're still a little too young to have played kind of the whole gaming thing from start right. to finish right. so you know being able to for companies like google and other companies who are working on deep mind technology or working on things like watson and whatever to be able to create gaming scenarios that answer specific questions with the goal of creating more lifelike, intuitive, understanding, reasoning, like um, reflective AI, I think that's going to be really important in the future for looking after an aging population. You know, the more realistic the more educated the more modeled after experts and highly effective decision makers that you can make an ai the better chance it's going to make the right decision in a, in a healthcare scenario in a comp in a companionship scenario and and things like that for you know later life and you know in 2030 you and i will not be retired yet but we'll be nearing it you know and so the hope is that this sort of data that they're gaining now may have implications that will help us all in the future because we will actually have a severe staffing shortage when it comes to looking after the elderly at least in britain and it's going to be the case in america because birth rates are just dropping so extremely right so you know that's sort of the application that i see from that side and beyond it, you have the application potential for hiring, for career matching and things like that. How excellent would it be if they could get a really robust view of your decision-making capabilities and match it to roles where you would excel? You know, I've been in roles before that were absolutely unsuited for my personality, you know, my desire to complete one project at a time, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, I'm I don't enjoy multitasking without some sort of plan, you know, right, right. I don't enjoy completing micro tasks, you know, all that sort of stuff. Anybody who had analyzed my gaming behavior would have seen that. Maybe yeah. before I even realized it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. we're both older. And the older you get, the more you know yourself and your strengths and how you work best. But if, you know, 15 years ago when I started playing games and when I was really heavy into into um, WoW groups and when I was, you know, all that sort of stuff, 
I feel like it would have been helpful if that had a practical real world application that maybe could have prevented me from taking some jobs that were outside my realm of capability, but that the confidence quotient that I have had convinced me I was completely capable for, you know, like, (laughs) well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So those are two applications that I see right now. And the last one is, um, from my profession, obviously I'm a marketer and the marketplace in my opinion is actually moving away from shotgun marketing to very targeted, like bespoke advertisements that we think that the consumer will actually want to see that provides them some sort of value, some sort of benefit that solves a problem that we know that they're having. Whereas previously, you know, you would just chuck an advert up on TV and then hope that everybody who saw it bought it. Um, Now, I think, bizarrely enough, we're actually probably moving away from tons and tons of just spam advertisements, hoping something sticks and to things that are more helpful and useful. A perfect example is I've been seeing tons and tons of advertisements for a company called Small over here. And it was all through Facebook, obviously very highly targeted to my behavior on the platform. And ooh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some excitement brewing over there. Um, so the, this, uh, it's for laundry capsules delivered through the post. Okay. Now, you know, I, I live alone. I live on a walk up. It's not in a very convenient area to good shops. And the shops that we have are like corner shops where imagine buying your whole grocery shop at a 7-Eleven. Right. Bi- so everything's a little bit more expensive and the quantity is really, really limited to what's on offer. So plus I've got to carry it because we don't really have cars in London that often uh, carry it a 15 minute walk and whatever shopping bag it is to my bus, there's no nothing. It's a walk. So, um, it was really inconvenient to take laundry detergent cause it's quite heavy. So if I'm going to get a two liter, some laundry detergent and some food, like that's like a, that, you know, that's a couple kilo shopping bag, like right there, just right off the bat, forget anything else. So, you know, it's a consideration. And I saw these really targeted advertisements and turns out that it was the, they like had a trial pack thing. I ordered that through Facebook. It came, it, the quality was just as good as anything that I got in the shop and it comes through the letterbox. So I don't ever have to drag it home. Plus they have smart learning that based on how many loads you estimate that you do, they estimate how often they need to send it to you. And if you order, if, if you run out soon, they adjust the algorithm to adjust your frequency based on your usage. That's the sort of stuff that I think connected gaming, connected world, things like that is going to help because that's the sort of stuff that I need help with in my like daily life. I need to know what the cheaper, more effective, more affordable options are for me out there. I think that's, and I think that's good. I, I, I honestly do. I, I, I can see the merit in that. And I, I think we both agree that there will be a nefarious side to this that maybe we're not even aware of. We haven't even thought of yet because that's not how our brains work. But, you know, 
I guess I look at it from the perspective of, you know, uh, <laughs> was that a hiccup? No, I'm just laughing because I'm just imagining you being like, your laundry capsules are going to cause World War Three. No, I think of it more this from this way. It's like I I have a lot of recurring expenses that I'm I, sometimes I, don't, I forget about. Like I've got Audible. I've got Hulu. I've got Netflix. And I don't really Netflix I think about because I use it. I don't use Hulu that much. I've considered canceling it many times. Um, but I don't. And I know that they're counting on that. Um, but the point being is that if I had something that automatically charged and sent me like everything's going this way from razors to soap to beard oil, which is particularly I'm interested in, um, uh, to, you know, uh, you can get you can get, you know, the loot crate, you can get man crate or like you can get a crate of just clothing monthly. They have crates and and boxes you can get amazon specific items delivered on recurring frequency yeah absolutely well i guess what i'm what i get and it freaks me out just because i guess i'm i'm old is that and also on a what i would consider a relatively fixed income like i know how much money i can make i make money outside of that doing other things um but you know i i know how much money and and i've i've been there for most of my life where this month, I'm going to get to eat Captain Crunch. Next month, I can't eat Captain Crunch. I'm not going to have the money to eat Captain Crunch. So I'm going to have to deal with maybe Pop-Tarts or something else that's cheaper. And, you know, and, and so I guess I just I worry about having all these things on recurring and knowing, knowing that my month to month is so different that I can't really do it that way. You know, I personally, my life, I can't I can't do it. That way, where I maybe one or two things in my life, like maybe toilet paper or, or you know, something that's used as frequently and we run out as frequently as that, I might be able to well, put look, in there. Toilet maybe. paper, razors, laundry detergent, dishwasher detergent, all that sort of stuff you can have on recurrent because even if you get to, you know, that you're gonna use it, like, right, right, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> I guess that's true. You're right. You're right. I'm. I'm just gonna go in as negative. You Nancy need a financial today. advisor. I'm oh, gonna. I'm gonna be your financial advisor. How to be debt free at 43. That's the. That's the model. Right. Got two years. I mean, I. I. I actually have no idea how old you are. So. <laughs> well, I've got two years to guess. do it. I mean, that gives me a. That oh. gives me a goal. Well, there you go. Because I. I. I'm pleased to announce that I became debt free this year. So. Well, I, well, part of part of this is going to be a, a student loan forgiveness thing, and, and you know, if my country's still here in a few years, we can, uh, you know, we can revisit it then uh, when I'm 43. <laughs> but, uh, Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Anyway, we we digress. I see. I see what you're saying, and obviously, there's nothing free in this world, and a lot of thing. A lot of times, bad things happen to your data. I recently had my credit card um, up available for sale on the dark web but yeah the bank called they caught it everything's fine but it was just a mild inconvenience while they shipped me a new one but you know i think there are some serious benefits for the future in you know eco saving age 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 care uh hr placement behavioral analysis all that sort of stuff 
that I think may make us a better, more productive society that gaming can help with. But I feel like data collection is just going to become more and more and more. It's never going to be less. It doesn't matter if you opt out. Like, there's no way you could possibly opt out of it all. Like, you're going to forget something, you know? You're going to forget to opt out about your laundry capsule subscription telling your credit card provider that you get laundry capsules and how often, you know? So then they know how much energy you're using in your house and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's impossible to opt out of it. But, you know, I'm trying to focus on the positives of the future where I think gaming can help and you know, they, a few years ago, gamers helped solve a DNA sequencing task. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they put a segment of the human genome up there and gamers had solved it within a few weeks, if I remember correctly. I mean, this was years ago. Um, And that's the sort of thing that I think we can all contribute to in the future. And I hope that's what the majority of it is used for. Some of it will always be used for bad things like teaching drones how to anticipate human behavior and stuff like that. Like that's just minority report. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully stuff happens too. Can't can't wait, Amanda. Looking forward Uh, to (laughs) Well, all in all, I think that's a positive. I think that's a net positive. And and I can I I see your point. I think it, it can be used and I think it will be used for good. Um, we'll just have to, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So are you terrified of it? Well, let us know in the comments, but that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, simpleofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at simpleofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released and rate us because that really helps our show till the next time Later.